It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt McLean's debut showed us a glimpse of what he could be for the future, and the Reds wasted no time making another call-up. We'll tell you who is next on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, and he's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you who listen every day. If you're an everydayer, let us know in the comment section. We love hearing from you. On today's podcast, we are going to look at Matt McClain's debut. And spoiler alert, yippee-ki-yay, it's a double. <laughs> We're going to discuss what are the reasonable expectations for him moving forward. Uh, Hunter Green struggled last night, and I'm going to ask Jeff if we should be worried or if it was the Coors effect, and I'm not talking about a happy hour. Finally, we're going to discuss Brandon Williamson because he is going to be making his Reds debut today out in Denver. Before we get into all of that, I'm going to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast, Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right. Speaking of guarantees, excitement was guaranteed last night watching the Reds game because Matt McClain made his debut, Jeff. Yeah, buddy. Come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. He had a hit, he had a walk, and he scored twice. A very nice debut for him. And one of my favorite stats, something I was looking at StatCast during the game on this one, Steve, he put uh, four balls in play. No, yeah, four balls in play, and he had three swings and misses. He had more balls in plays than swings and misses. That is something that I am running with right now. This is the kind of thing that overall we are going to see Matt McClain be a very important part of this lineup moving forward. And the Reds said that to us before the game started because they batted him second. You know, you and I talked about that. We wanted to see him down around seven, you know, take the pressure off, keep it easy on him. Let him ease his way into this thing. Look, I still think that that probably was the right decision uh, just to let him acclimate. But at the same time, you know, he goes out there and not only does he have a pretty decent day at the plate, but if you go back and watch that double, that was a straight hustle double that oh, yeah. probably should have only been a single. And he would manage to through just sheer hustle, stretch it into a double. And that's what this youth, this energy, this excitement brings to the field for the Reds right now. Well, and it was something that he told you, and it was in the clip that we played from your conversation with him last year while he was down in Chattanooga, but he just wants to win. His main mentality is what can I do to help my team win? 
And in his post-game comments after the Reds lost to Colorado, he really had some uh, illuminating, just a couple of quick thoughts about the double and then also about the walk that he took in the ninth inning. And I think it shows why the Reds are so ready to put him at the top of the lineup. Yeah, they were playing me over, and he kind of had to go a ways to get the ball, and I thought I could get in that whole way. I was just trying to get on base uh, any way I could. He threw four balls, and I got on base, but uh, I was just trying to get on base because I know we're down, uh, down two, and uh, I just need to get on base because home run would tie it up. Short, sweet, do the point, do what you need to do, and get out of there. That's what Matt McClain brings to this team. So a, a realistic question that we need to ask, Jeff, is – we have a tendency to really want to get caught up in the hype of these young guys and what they yeah. bring to the field. And and by we, I mean all of us that support this team, not just you and I. Uh, but what is reasonable for us to expect from Matt McClain moving forward? What can we be looking at as far as what he's going to be able to contribute, what he's going to be able to do during his time in the lineup, how much he's going to be in the lineup for that matter? I think – and and, and... – the main thought that keeps coming to my mind is Jonathan India. And you're going to say you expect him to win rookie of the year. That's not what I'm saying. Like his profile of getting on base, hitting line drives that are doubles. Some of them turn into home runs. That's what he said to us. That's how he likes to hit, but still like that plays very well. Jonathan India has had lots of success there. Do I think he's going to hit 300? Probably not, but he could probably hit about 275. I mean, we saw he looked I mean, he was definitely not overmatched at the plate. Now, part of that was he was facing a guy named Connor Siebold and the pitching staff of the Colorado Rockies. It's not as if Clayton Kershaw was up there or he was facing Justin Verlander or something like that. So that, there's a caveat to that. But still, he looked every bit the part. And if you'd have told me, uh, if I wouldn't have known who he was and I didn't know he was making his major league debut, I'd have thought he'd been doing this for a while. He looked the part. Uh, on Monday night. Yeah, we talk about this a lot that he look that these players, whether or not they look like they belong, and he clearly looks like he belongs. You know, I wonder uh, what a big just adrenaline boost shot in his arm motivator it was to to perform as well as he did right out of the gate. Uh, you're absolutely right in that the Reds putting him at the top of this lineup, batting right behind Jonathan India, says a whole lot about what they think about him. And, you know, I'm curious now, Jeff, of how do you continue to get everybody in the lineup that you need to get into the lineup with the moves that they made? Obviously, uh, they didn't send Jose Barrero down. They didn't send Kevin Newman down. They instead put TJ Friedel on the injured list and slid Joey Votto over to the 60-day injured list in order to make room for all of the transactions. So how do you see the Reds utilizing Matt McClain to maximize his time on the field? Before we jump into that, I'll tell you what David Bell said about that very same thing. He's going to play a lot. I mean, he, there's no way we would bring him here if, you know, the plan wasn't for him to play a lot and, and, you know, that it was determined he was ready for that. So um, he's going to play short. Uh, quite a bit. Obviously, you can play second base too. Um, and with the DH, we'll, you know, we still have to keep everybody involved, keep everyone playing. But Matt's gonna—he's uh, gonna get a lot of playing time. I almost wonder, Steve, and this is something that that we've considered quite a bit here as we look at the guys who should be called up here soon. 
if they're not already working out in their minds, okay, yeah, he's going to play some shortstop for a little bit here, but Ellie De La Cruz is coming up here next, and we know that Matt McClain can play some second base, so we're getting ourselves ready for that where maybe Jonathan India plays more DH, Jonathan India plays maybe left field or something like that. I mean, that's not what David Bell said in that clip, but what David Bell was saying is that they're like, Matt McClain is going to play just about every day as he could possibly play, and that probably doesn't necessarily include shortstop every single day. Yeah, I, I foresee him moving back and forth between shortstop and second base. Uh, listen, it, it prolongs Jonathan India's ability to to be a, a potent hitter by putting him at DH some. You know, it keeps mm. his legs fresher. It keeps him from not being tired. Uh, I don't care if we ever see Kevin Newman again. It, no. it doesn't matter to me mm. if uh, listen, David Bell, if you're listening and we know you do. We don't need you to work Kevin Newman into the rotation. Don't care. Uh, I would like for them to get Jose Barrero some at-bats, and I think those at-bats should come in center field. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that he still has some time to prove that he can be valuable, even if it's just in a utility role-player type of position for this team. Uh, I want to see them give him some opportunities to work on that. But for Matt McClain, Jeff, I, I, I'm, I'm with David Bell. He needs to be out there nearly every day. Uh, he needs to play six out of seven games with the occasional day off. And I think that that's what he should do for the rest of this season in order to acclimate and be ready. Because as we've talked about, now is the time to get these guys ready to make a postseason push in 2024. I 100% agree, and it's all because he just absolutely looked the part in his debut. I saw the glimpses of what he can be, and he has the potential to be a big boost both offensively and defensively right now, much less throughout his career as a Cincinnati Red. You know, McLean was a huge bright spot, and quick shout-out, Nick Senzel had an amazing game as well. He was on base every single time up, had an RBI in the ninth inning, all that great stuff. He had a great day, too. Hunter Green, on his box score, did not have a very good game. However, does that mean that we're worried about him? Uh, I, I, I think we've got to ask that question. That's what we're going to do coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today, and that is Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and get yourself the best way of getting last-second tickets. I always tell people, they ask me, they're like, how do you get your Reds tickets? It's through the Game Time app. You can get Game Time tickets literally as you pull up to the ballpark. They've got the best last-second deals out there, so much so that they guarantee it if you find a ticket in your same row, your same section, for a better price on a different app, they're going to credit you 110% of the difference. So you can shop on the game time app for your next ticket with some sort of uh, good feelings about that. Game time is amazing. Whether you're going to a Reds game or if you're going to a concert or maybe you're going to the Aronoff Center, some sort of play that's going on there, they've got tickets to all of that great stuff, including comedy acts as well. Check them out today, download the GameTime app, create a profile, and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB to save $20 off your next order. That's GameTime and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. My favorite way to get a last-second ticket. GameTime has last-second tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. 
You know, coming up tonight at 8.40 p.m. Eastern Time, the Reds and the Rockies get back at it. Brandon Williamson is going to make his Major League debut. Now, it's going to either be as the starter or there's going to be an opener, and then he comes in and pitches after that. And we're going to tell you what to expect from him a little bit later on in this show. But you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. How will Brandon Williamson begin his career? We're going to give you a preview a little bit later on in today's show. And we're going to recap and overreact and lose our minds about what his first start actually looks like. And speaking about reacting and overreacting and losing our minds, are we worried about Hunter Green, Steve? Because I saw a lot of people on Twitter seem to be worried slash starting to believe that they think they know anything about this guy. Well, we have to start with this question before we decide whether or not we're worried. Four innings, 96 pitches, nine hits, six earned runs, eight strikeouts, one walk. That's his line. Mm-hmm. Not outstanding. What we have to decide, is that a product of Hunter Green having a problem or is that a product of pitching at Coors Field in Denver? Uh, I think it's probably the Coors effect. And I, I, I think it's a concern because we just finished talking about what the loss of Nicoladolo for at least a month does to this rotation. The Reds simply cannot afford for Hunter Green to have anything less than his A game Every single time he toes the rubber between now and the time that Nicoladolo comes back because an already overtaxed bullpen is going to be overtaxed even more during this injury time. Yeah, I really don't want a lot of Hunter Green starts to turn into five or six inning outings for this bullpen, kind of like it did here in Colorado. But, I mean, there were a couple of mistake pitches in this game. The solo shot that Mike Moustakis hit was a fastball right down the middle. And honestly, let me ask you this, because I think I know your answer, but I want to ask you this in the comments section, and I want you to answer honestly. If anyone else in that lineup hit a home run other than Mike Moustakis, would everyone would have lost their minds as much as they did in the first inning? Well, no, no, No. I think this is, this is a direct response to me um, trying to find a way to change my number nine Moustakas jersey (laughs) to a a McLean jersey. You know, I was working on that today. You saw me in the group chat trying to figure out how to do that. Someone must've told Mike Moustakas because uh, he had some opinions about me swapping him out for McLean. Right. And, and look, there's, I just look at this and I say, okay, a couple of mistake pitches. Sure. But there are few pitchers that have great numbers at Coors field. I mean, Hunter is not uh Clayton Kershaw. He is not Justin Verlander. He's not, he's not there yet. And he's 23 years old. Let's give him a little bit of a break here. Okay. The, the line four innings, 96 pitches thrown. He had nine hits allowed with six earned runs. He did have eight strikeouts and he only had one walk. The things he could control. He was pretty phenomenal at controlling. And let's also look at this too, because the mistake pitch he threw to Moustakas was right down the middle. Charlie Blackman hit a triple that scored two runs a little bit later on. I think it was in the third inning. And that pitch was like a high and inside fastball, like great spot for it. It's just Charlie Blackman's been around the block a few times and he was able to get around on that fastball and turn it into a triple. Sometimes things like that happen. So when asked about this start and when asked kind of about like how he felt 
for the game and, and, and all that other stuff. Hunter Green had an interesting perspective and then also had a, a, a cool thought about these starts where it's like four innings, 96 pitches. Like, why are you throwing so many pitches? He had he had some thoughts to say about this. There were a lot of good pitches made. Uh, there were pitches that were obviously hit, but man, I mean, uh, I thought I made some really, really good pitches. So that's all I'm focusing on. I'm happy. Uh, I'm not going to let, you know, the, the results of today, um, you know, get to me. Uh, a lot of great things from today. So, uh, like I said, the line doesn't doesn't look like that, doesn't show that. But uh, for me and I think the staff, uh, a lot of positive. Yes, it's been tough in, in some innings. I feel like I've, man, I feel like I've executed, like, on corners and I haven't got them. And there's times where I, I definitely haven't executed that pitch in the corner. It's been like, it looks like an inch off and it's just not in the zone. And um, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, this is a profession where the strike zone is only as, as big as it is. And, uh, you know, you, we work on trying to hit those spots on the corners. And, you know, when you don't hit them, it's, it's a ball and, you, and it adds up. But um, I definitely think being able to get ahead is super important. Uh, when I do that and when I put guys away, I'm in a good place. Uh, so I think that's that's number one. But um, there's also been times where it's bad luck, too. I mean, there's a lot of balls that weren't hit hard today. There were balls that were. Um, but a lot of times there's been some stuff down the line that I can't control, some pop-ups that are, you know, right behind our infielders that, that just happens. So uh, there's a lot of factors in this game. There's a lot of variables, and sometimes we, we just can't do anything about it. So, uh, But obviously there's always work to be done. Uh, I'm going to keep working. I keep finding those little things that I can get better on and uh, keep, keep going. You know, this plays into the things we've been talking about all along with Hunter and Nicoladolo. So it's not it's not so much a cause effect as it is them continuing to be sophomores in this sport, mm -hmm. still trying to to figure out their game, still developing. Neither of those pitchers have hit their ceiling. Hunter Green is nowhere near his ceiling. Uh, you know, his floor is higher than other pitchers, but he has not achieved his maximum potential. And we see that as he still gets a feel for nibbling the edges. And there is some risk in nibbling the edges. And he talked about that. You you miss by an inch off the plate and all of a sudden you start racking up a pitch count. And uh, it's just something to get better at it. He has to work on it. And this is really not something that he can work on in between starts and in the offseason. It's just different pitching to a major league hitter, whether it's a great hitter or uh, just someone that's uh, an average major leaguer. They're still major leaguers. You can only work on that while you're facing them. So, you know, I asked the question because I, like you, saw people losing their mind uh, online about this performance from Hunter Green. But you, you have to allow for the fact that they're pitching in Colorado and the ball just does weird Colorado things. Uh, couple that with the fact that we got a bunch of starting pitchers that are still learning to be starting pitchers at the major league level. And you're going to get starts like this. I am nowhere near ready to push any kind of panic button when it comes to what Hunter green is doing on a baseball field right now. No. And, and I think that that needs to be taken into account here. Expectations are important. And coming into the season, the expectation was that one of the biggest storylines for the reds is that Hunter green, Nicola Dolan, Graham Ashcraft, take a step forward. It's not like it was supposed to be a given. Like, obviously they're taking a step forward. Obviously they're going to look like, you know, Cy Young contenders at the end of the season. We would love that, but to expect that is to be completely 
off base. Like Hunter Green is coming from a spot, like you said, higher floor than a lot of other pitchers, but he's still, there's still things he has to do to make that next step. And something that I love, and, and we're talking about a third pitch whenever it comes to him. We've talked about that since last year, about midway through the season. He actually threw his changeup a lot today, Steve. He threw his changeup 14 times and he had four whiffs on it more than his slider. Now, kind of like we said, Coors, things don't break as much. Spinning rates don't, you know, equate to as much break as normal. Probably an explanation for that. But the way that he was able to intermix his changeup into his game, we constantly talk about how we kind of felt like there should have been more changeups in a given start. This one, it felt like the right amount, and he was still able to get 15 total whiffs on the day. Those are the kind of numbers that you expect from him on a good start. I mean, eight strikeouts is a good start. It's just everything else. Like he, there, there was the contact and balls were finding gaps and things like that. There's, there's just certain things he can't control that really bit him in the butt today. You know, keep that pitch selection in mind, Jeff, because we're going to circle back into that conversation coming up here in a couple minutes when we get into the final segment of the show talking about another rookie making their debut. But Hunter Green wasn't the only guy to tow the rubber today. Lucas Sims gets into the game, finally gives up a run. I, I mean, should we panic on Lucas Sims? Oh, my God. Run. No, oh, my no, God. No. No, no, it's just course. It's course. Uh, Buck Farmer gave up a home run. Uh, who hit that home run? Brendan Doyle. You're making up that name. That's not a real. I person. just think it's a farmer gives up a homer to a guy named Doyle. Like that. That sounds like a. I don't know, like a Green Acres episode or something. <laughs> Ben Lively gets into this game, Jeff. He looked pretty solid. He did give up a run, but pitched two and a third's innings. Uh, you know, that he, that helps this bullpen. He's 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 stretched out more than some of the other guys. And coming up recently from AAA, his arm, I think, is probably just a little bit more fresh than the rest of the guys on the roster. I have seen too many Heath Hembry like pitchers over the last three or four years where it's like they come out of nowhere, you don't know who they are, they pitch amazing for like two or three weeks, and you're like, hmm, could he be something? So I'm not going to jump on, jump on that ship just yet with Ben Lively, but I have liked what I've seen so far. Well, here's the bottom line, Jeff. With Nick Lodolo out for the foreseeable future, the Reds can't afford for Hunter Green to not have his A game. I said that mm -hmm. up earlier in the segment hunter green's gonna have to continue to figure out how to get better each start because the bullpen can't handle much more and i believe in hunter green and i have faith right. that outside of denver he's gonna get it done uh another reds player jeff will be making their major league debut tonight this time it's going to be Brandon Williamson taking the mound for the Red Legs. Not sure yet if he's starting or relieving after an opener, uh, but we'll tell you about him and what we expect from him coming up right after this. The Reds and the Rockies get underway at 8.40 p.m. Eastern time today out in Denver. The Reds have struggled mightily on the road this season and have a 6-13 and record away from Great American Ballpark. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds to find the broadcast today. You can also follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you are following us on Twitter so that you can talk baseball with us between shows. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff. Uh, it is the week of 
major league debuts. Brandon Williamson steps up next. He was added to the taxi squad yesterday in preparation. Uh, we talked about this on the show yesterday. Uh, he lined up perfectly to take the ball for the Reds today. Uh, hasn't pitched since last Thursday. So let's talk a little bit about the keys to success for Brandon Williamson making his debut. Uh, just to get everybody on the same page, he is a lefty starter. He throws four pitches. He throws a fastball, a changeup, a curveball, and a slider. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, what does Williamson need to do to have a successful start for the Red Legs out in Colorado? You're muted. He needs to take a page out of Graham Ashcraft's book and, and, and kind of learn how to limit the damage surrounding walks. The hardest part is going to be like, we, we couldn't just say just limit the walks because if you look at his stats and we talked about Brandon Williamson and his performances so far, triple a this year, he's got a lot of them and it's a little bit concerning the rate at which he walks guys. But with that being the case, I mean, Graham Ashcraft also kind of has a little bit of a high walk rate right now, and he's kind of been able to pitch around it, which means that like some different peripheral stats like FIP and XFIP don't love his numbers moving forward. But as long as he can pitch around those walks and be okay, then he still has good outings and he still keeps his team in the ball game. That's really all I want from Brandon Williamson in this. Like I kind of thought if Hunter Green had stopped, because he gave up a couple of more runs there in the fourth inning that he pitched. If Hunter Green had stopped at four runs, the Reds would have won this game. If we're looking at four or five runs allowed from Brandon Williamson today, that's all I'm really looking for out of him. I don't want him to come in and think, you know, I got to keep this shut out. I got to keep it clean. I got to keep the scoreboard completely empty here in Coors which most pitchers don't do. And, and, and I just want him to pitch and kind of do what he's done. This is something that he talked about in his most recent games that have led to this call up and, and, and kind of how he changed his mentality a little bit. Um, I really just attacked. I, I let it all go. Um, I didn't feel like um, there was ever a moment where I was just like, ah, what do I do? It's just like, just take away results. Let's just do everything I can do at the highest level possible. And, and uh, good things happen. You know, we understand that walks will haunt. And Brandon Williamson understands that walks will haunt. You know, we talked about this yesterday, Jeff. Uh, on his AAA season this year, 27 strikeouts to 20 walks. Not a great mm -hmm. ratio. Uh, but you're absolutely right in that he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to debut with a perfect game. He just needs to allow the balls in play to be handled by his defense. And we just talked about how Matt McClain in the lineup makes that defense be better. You know, I think the Reds believe in Brandon Williamson. And although there's been some struggles between last season and now, and he hasn't quite lived up to the hype, but in fairness, we may have put just too much pressure on him right out of the gate. We did this with Hunter Green. We did it to some extent with Nick Lodolo, and we may have done it with Brandon Williamson coming back in that trade where we expect perfection instantly, and that's not necessarily going to be the case. Uh, I believe the Reds have faith that Williamson is going to figure it out, and, and David Bell had some things to say about Williamson as well. Um, really getting back to, to who he is. You know, he's, he's talented. Um, Spring training didn't go exactly how he wanted it to, and I think that kind of carried over into the beginning of the season, but he continued to work at it, and over his last three or four starts, he's been, he's settled in nice and, you know, pitching well. A lot of, you know, it's 
they have to earn their way here, but um, in a lot of ways, um, Brandon falls into this category. I already mentioned it about Matt, but sometimes it's just, you know, you get here, you work so hard to get here, and there's a lot of pressure to get to this point. Now it just becomes about the game, going out and winning a baseball game and let, letting your ability and your talent take over. So I think that's going to help both of these guys. They have they have the mindset, they have the character and, and makeup to, to handle this really well. And I think David Bell kind of said what you're saying, Steve, is that, you know, he, he struggles a little bit there to begin this year, to begin the spring training. He's seen what CES, he's seen what Matt McClain are doing. These guys that he knows, he's pretty much going to be paired with as far as call-ups are concerned. And he's like, well, why am I not playing to that level right now in my position? Why am I not pitching so well? I know that there's a ton of expectations on me. And I don't have this uh, clipped for us to to show, but in his conversation about being called up for his major league debut, he was asked if he expected this and he had, he was talking about it and he's just like, you know, I kind of did that and I kind of got burned by it. So I learned to just, you know, do my thing and eventually it's going to happen and I'm not going to worry about the timing. So I almost wonder if he thought he was going to make the opening day roster. And then whenever he didn't, it just kind of it just did something to his head. Like I could see that being a little bit of the explanation for why he had some really bad outings to begin this season. Obviously you don't want to explain those away. There's no excuse for that sort of play, but at the same time, they're human beings too. Like if we think about this, like a job, like sure, everybody goes into different jobs readily equipped to do them a little bit better than some, but everybody learns on the job and grows into them the more that they do them. So I, I, I really think that people need to kind of temper their expectations as Brandon Williamson begins his major league career today. Well, and, and that is a huge point that you just made as far as tempering expectations. Uh, Brandon Williamson is making his debut at Coors Field in Denver. Damn. We are going to, we're all going to have to collectively take a step back and, and be realistic about what to expect. Brandon Williamson is going to have to make this debut and pitch differently than he would pitch in any other ballpark anywhere. He's going to have to come into this game, understanding that the breaking balls aren't going to well break like he expects. They're just not going to move. He's going to have to trust himself and stay away from the heart of the plate. He's going to have to be strategic in the location of his fastball, and he's going to have to be unafraid to go to that changeup. You're not going to keep hitters off balance in Denver by going to the breaking stuff. You're going to do it with the fastball changeup combination, and that's not how he pitches. That's not really how anybody pitches at the major league level anymore. So he's going to have to change his approach and change his mindset all while incorporating in the nerves of pitching at the major leagues for the first time. By the way, kid, you've been working your whole life for this. Here you go. Have some fun. You're doing it in the worst place possible to do it. Like that's the funniest, you know, uh, comparison here between Matt McLean and Brandon Williamson is that Matt McLean couldn't have been a better situation for him to make his debut. Brandon Williamson, this might be the worst, but the Reds kind of back themselves into this corner with the way that they built their pitching staff this year. Now I will say this, and this, I, I think this is a good thing to end on because everybody's call up story is usually pretty similar. And you'll get like some teary, like video where they come into the office and do all this other stuff. Brandon Williamson doesn't quite have that kind of a story. In fact, it was a phone call that he received from Louisville bats manager, Pat Kelly. And actually he didn't receive it. 
In fact, he almost missed his call up by missing some calls. Let, let me, let me, uh, let's let him tell the story. Uh, yeah, the, the call was pretty exciting. I actually missed three calls and, uh, I had to call him back. Um, it was special though. It was Mother's Day. Uh, I was hanging out with my wife and daughter, um, making supper and, um, it's pretty fun phone call he did. So no, he straight told me and I, I kind of knew cause usually PK doesn't call me three times in a row. <laughs> so by the time that I called him back, um, just like, what's up? And he's like, you know, you should probably should answer your phone every once in a while. I didn't even notice. I, I it was probably like an hour later, and because I was just like, put the phone away and hang out. And um, yeah, I saw three missed calls. Like, and he left me two voicemails. One was nice. One was one was like, answer your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, call him back. I mean, you gotta love that. How do you, how do you miss your call? Like we always saw like, Hey, somebody gets the call today. He almost didn't get the call. Cause he just didn't pick up his phone. You know, Pat Kelly is notorious for, you know, trying to be creative and mess with these guys when they get called up. And I just wonder if that point, if Pat Kelly should have just been like, you know, we were going to send you to Denver to play for the reds, but you wouldn't answer your phone. So we sent Levi or whoever else. Right. You know, well, and the irony of it all is the guy he's facing is Chase Anderson. And they were talking about it on the pregame show for the Reds radio broadcast. They're just like, yeah, the Rockies had an injury to their pitching staff too. And they literally signed Chase Anderson like yesterday. So who knows if the Rockies didn't sign Chase Anderson, then maybe the Reds bring him back and he's starting on Tuesday. So it's all this kind of this funniness. It's like if maybe if they called Chase Anderson before they called Brandon Williamson, then he actually would have picked up. It's the, the juxtaposition of that is, is hilarious to me. All right. Well, listen, before we get out of here, don't forget you can catch every pitch of Brandon Williamson's debut on the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. And that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up tomorrow. We are going to react to what Brandon Williamson does on the mound. And we're going to react, hopefully, to the Reds not sending him back down right after the game because I'd like to see him stay up here. And I think that the Reds, basically at this point, the Reds are going to have to because they just don't have anybody else to fill out the rotation at this point. But hopefully that will be the case as he begins his major league career and he grows into what we hope is the Reds like number three or four starter as what we are looking forward to with Brandon Williamson. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for checking out the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube and you have the bell click to be notified whenever we have some new content for you and you're following us on your favorite podcast app because we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And Steve, what can people expect from you and me, by the way? Well, they can expect you and I to break down this start and every other start the rest of the season, follow the transactions, follow the rumors, bring all that information back right here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. You think he was worried about his minutes? (laughs) They don't track minutes anymore. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.